Three, two, one, action. Kind of feel like action wasn't appropriate. What's up, everybody? It's the MBM Podcast. I've got Gabe here with me. There is absolutely no opening music like usual. Um, I'm trying to do these copyright friendly, so that way when I post them on YouTube and other places like that, it's uh, not going to get me in any kind of copyright infringement issues. Uh, not that I really care about monetizing it. I just don't want somebody else to be making money off of my show because I used 15, 20 seconds of one of their songs, which I understand it's their music. They deserve to make a buck. Um, but like hell, I'm going <laughs> to... Hey, somebody's going to get paid for this. Some It's going to be me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I am working on something. I, I know there are a couple of loopholes to be able to use uh, music as long as it's smaller clips that they're not too long and stuff like that. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to produce like an opening sequence uh, for the show. Uh, but if you guys have like anybody that you know that makes music uh, that we can use that's copyright free that they want exposure that's kind of up my alley, let me know. Um, I'm always I'm always listening. What's up, Gabe? How's it going, bro? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Waiting for warm weather so we can go out and play with our RC cars. Yeah, we, you know, this year's been a very large lack of snow and cold weather, uh, which I'm not complaining about. Being back to the kind of work that I'm doing, working outdoors, uh, I'm not complaining whatsoever. Um, the snowmobiler inside of me right now and the ice fisher inside is, is crying uh, because the winter has sucked for that. Uh, but the RC enthusiast inside of me is excited because that might mean I can get some kind of testing going sooner than later. And the fact that they paved brand new asphalt just around the corner from me um got a great spot to go test it's 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 fantastic um but yeah i'm I'm in the same boat um uh, so geez the last time i did an episode yeti was with me now yeti is still gonna be you know like the official co-host of the mbm podcast um i've or encouraged him to order a couple of items so we can have like optimal quality and as i say that i'm sitting here on a headset instead of using my proper microphone but i promise it's probably only for like an episode or two uh and then i'll don the the good hardware again um but yeah so yeti will be around <coughs> i don't really want to spoil anything from last year uh yeti had a great season uh leaps and bounds were made um i know his program now involves custom works uh you know, and I know he's with McClan still. So uh, we're going to have a whole episode where we're going to get on to that. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about my traveling last year uh, to kind of get those of you that are familiar with me up to date. And then those of you guys that are new, thank you for checking out the podcast. I'm super appreciative. Uh, shout out to the webs for mentioning it a few times on the on the live this past weekend. Gabe and I will talk about SoFlow. That is totally coming up. Um, but again, just going to kind of go through a quick update as to what's been going on for me. Um, as many of you guys know, last year I uh, did the NPRC TV live thing. Uh, I traveled around a bit with them uh, doing, uh, you know, the, the, the live streams of the races as well as trying to race at Superchip. Um, and uh, then I actually raced in at Straight Line. But that was a crap show in itself. I wasn't really into racing last year for some reason. I think after I crashed in Tennessee, um, I was kind of like poo-pooing on the whole thing. I think I was very fortunate to not have any major events that, that destroyed a car for me. So I had like this big false 
sense of like, this ain't so bad. I don't know why everybody's tearing up all their stuff, but I experienced that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I didn't take it too, too seriously. I was fortunate enough, like I had a five-star car uh, that I was going to build and run, but I decided not to, and that was a whole thing in itself. Uh, which I guess in hindsight, if I would have built it and crashed it, I probably would have been really upset. So who knows? Um, <laughs> so I built out the I built the breakout V2 to a point that it was kind of almost finished, but not finished. Um, when I went down to super chip, my race endeavors were, uh, I didn't really do much of anything. The cars were ill-prepared. Um, I figured some stuff out. I completely destroyed a tire. Um, that I had sitting around, which, you know, after talking to Josh about, was probably, yeah, I probably shouldn't have let that tire sit like that that long kind of deal. So, you know, whatever, poo-poo, my bad. Things break. Um, the real street car showed a little bit of promise. I had a good time with that, I won't lie. That car's super fun. Um, but, yeah, I just traveled, man. I hung out. You know, Todd made breakfast uh, at, uh, I think it was that straight line. Yeah, straight line. That was a story, and it's it stormed. For for those of you guys that didn't go to Straight Line, it stormed something fierce. <coughs> and I'll tell you, at one point I thought it was actually the guys from Five Star just messing with me in the middle of the night, you know, rocking my trailer, you know, because you know there's there's a couple of those guys, and that seems like a reasonable, funny joke to play on somebody. But I realized that was the wind. Uh, when I woke up the next morning, there were tarps that were flown, gone, flying away. I think Frank Albrook lost his over onto the real track. Because, um, you know, Straight Line was uh, is hosted in uh, Wisconsin at Great Lakes Dragway, which is a great track. They've built a purpose-built uh, drag strip. Um, so those of you guys that are, you know, committed to this RC drag racing, make sure you guys go and visit them throughout the season uh you know what i mean if you're close to that area try to visit it as much as possible when they are having events because like that's a significant investment um i also could see that track easily becoming uh used as a prep track too it's quite big enough you know what i mean my thoughts is is like you go to the other end and you prep it down and you could definitely host some like prep which i think that would be really really cool you know it'd be cool to see some pro mods and some real prep track cars because you know what i'm saying like it is a drag strip so that to me would be really cool and you would to me satisfy a lot of a lot of stuff because that track's huge i don't know gabe have you been to wisconsin no i haven't but i've seen uh pictures and videos of it that looks awesome it's huge like you know what i mean like it's it's huge so i think you could totally do that without really affecting anything and then if anything that would help on the big end to slow down you know the outlaw cars and stuff like that and them not get so squirrely getting into what's left of an old prep, you know what I mean? From, from previous races and stuff like that. I know. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, uh, we need more purpose built drag strips. That would be amazing. But at the price tag, I understand the hesitation to do it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've actually priced, uh, <coughs> just, just the asphalt for 400 feet is like 30 grand. Yeah. From, from what I've been told and understand is there's well over, there's about a hundred thousand dollars invested into that track at great yeah. lakes track. So that's that's a lot, you know what I mean? And and that's my hats off to them for them taking that kind of uh a thing. You know, there's obviously uh that's a huge investment for a drag strip to do. So that's why to me, no matter which way we go with this, that track definitely needs to get a lot of as much attention as possible and it's 
it's not super central, but it's fairly central. You know, like it's an eight-hour drive for me. It is somewhere that, you know, if I could get a Friday off, I easily can make it down to, you know, race, you know, do some practicing on Friday, race on Saturday, and drive home on Sunday. You know, and I'd, I'd probably just camp on, on spot. And I'll tell you, I was originally planning to just sleep in my tent in the back of my truck, like, because I got one of those tents that sets up in the box of my truck. I'm really glad I decided not to and I borrowed my parents' trailer. Because I felt really bad for the, the the dad and the kids that were tenting it. I'm pretty sure they gave up on the tenting it and got like a, a hotel or something like that because of how bad it got. Um but I think for the one night they were in they were they were in the car. It was so bad. Like if I had more room in the trailer, like keep in mind I had all my R C junk in there. And if I would have brought like two or three guys with me and their stuff Bro, we would have been in trouble because stuff would have been getting wet. Guarantee you, we would have had stuff outside. You know what I mean? Like, it was that tight of quarters. So I couldn't even be like to them, guys, you can come in this trailer. There's lots of room. There, there isn't lots of room. I'm sorry. It, it's supposed to sleep six. I have no idea how six people are going to survive in this little trailer. But apparently, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whew, tell you. Um, but yeah, like, I had a good time. You know what I mean? Even at Super Chip, you know, I was, I was... <laughs> between racing and and broadcasting uh with Billy and the MPRC TV uh guys uh you know I was pretty busy uh, I wish I would have done a little bit more racing than I did but it is what it is uh I was just happy to be there and that's like this year I'm going to just happy to be there um I've talked to a couple of people I might have a car to race if I can manage to show up which that would be super super cool um but yeah last year I had a good time you know, I, I didn't uh, get to as many races as I really wanted to. Uh, that whole work for a living thing kind of got in the way. It's weird how that works. Um, but yeah, you know, this year is looking like I'm not going to get to travel as much as I wanted to again because I'm into a new job. And time off is one of those commodities that kind of aren't just handed to brand new guys at a place. Um, so if I can find extra time. I think there are ways I can work to get some time off here and there so that way I can make it to some of these races and stuff like that, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So my schedule is certainly pending. I'm hopeful to make it to um, Super Chip. I'm hopeful to make it to um, SummerSlam <coughs> as well as hopefully make it to a, a couple other uh, races, but we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. I, I don't know yet. Because I'd, I'd love to go to straight line if Scotty does that race again, of course, down to Great Lakes. Uh, but I'd want to take the trailer down again and do that whole thing because camping and staying on site was part of the experience. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it, it it was awesome. And I know it was kind of a a, a last of kind of race deal for, for Jared at the time because, you know, now Dave Lodgson owns Five Star and uh, it was kind of Jared's last. And, dude, like, Totally stellar team environment. I was super jacked to be there. I haven't had a chance to really hang out with many other big teams like that. Um, so, yeah, I can't say that other teams aren't awesome too, because they probably are. But that was that was an experience in itself. But how did last season go for you, Gabe? What what did you do? What did did you go to many races? What was the local deal? Let me know. I don't I don't know. Enlighten me. Oh, I don't hear you. What happened? I didn't meet you. Thought I maybe did. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Oh man, we were just talking literally. Like what? Oh. About now. Oh, there he is. We got it. I had to reselect my mic. Oh, that I I huh. Discord can do that sometimes. It does some weird things. Okay, well, uh, I I stayed local mostly last year. Uh, I have a couple groups around us. We have the East Coast Drag Team, four one zero in Maryland. We have uh, Southern Maryland, which is the furthest from me. It's like three hours, and then we have Central Virginia, and then the eight hundred four boys. We have a lot of tracks in the local area within a couple hours. So I spend a lot of time local when, and I run my own races here in, in PA. Well, my wife's been to Washington. Like she went to some vineyards. I think those were in Maryland, but then her and her friend went to like some new country artist. Anyway, weirdest stuff. She wanted to do some <laughs> track. Hey man, hats off to you. Go yeah. have a, have, you know what I mean? Like, yep. That kind of deal, but like looking in the area, like everything is like right there in that area. Like that's the, it's it's yeah. very um, so I I can see that, and I know RJ, and that's uh, up in the Virginia, which is again kind of all in yeah. that like group of cluster of the PA, and so that's uh that that's pretty awesome. So do you yeah, guys then, uh, have any major events coming this year at all? Uh, we just do small events. Yeah, we keep it small, keep it local. You know, if we have a lot of guys that don't travel and don't really care to like we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we just do it for the local guys to have fun and hang out. And... That's good. At least you guys have like a thriving like local group. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's kind it, of doing it, it. It's had its ups and downs, you know, like everything. But well, we're doing well. good. And then uh, later in the year, I, I made it into the Clash of the Titans. Uh, me and three other guys i took we took rj and drew and we went to the clash of the titans the first one and ended up uh putting rj into the finals so that was cool it was a cool experience to hang out down there at a big race yeah have that have that team experience going that and that's going that's going the distance and we we know like i've been to enough races now and been close enough to the pits of these the the guys going the distance it gets it can get very chaotic oh yeah definitely like it's it's just you know i haven't been in that position so i'm always just kind of be you know i'm i'm always goofballing up on the in the tech line and waiting to go and Yeah, it's funny how everybody pulls together, you know, when you're at a race and, and somebody you know is in it still, you, you just kind of gravitate to them and give them everything you can. Yep, yeah. And it was yeah. Good, It was definitely a good time. Yeah, well, that's, at least, at least you've had the experience of good times. I think sometimes <clears throat> we forget there are people that got into it, and they know one or two guys, and then they decide to kind of be like, hey, well, you guys aren't going to forget it. I'm going, but then they get there. They're not familiar with so many people, you know, and I can understand the hesitation. There are some people that still hesitate to come up and say hi to me. And it's like, bro, come say hello. <laughs> just because I didn't say hi to you and might have looked directly at you doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. It just means that either A, your Facebook picture profile isn't quite what who you are. So I have no idea, even though I've probably talked to you a million times. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, that's awesome. So I think 
you know, like I said, there's going to be other shows where I'll catch up more on what happened, like what went on last year. Yeti had a great season. He made it into the money uh, down at Straight Line. He, uh, man, Chad was just Jason. down at, at SoFlo, you know what I mean? So before we get into the whole topic of the, the thing as to kind of basically tell everybody who's new uh, that's wanting to check it out as to where I started from, where the NPRC started from, and, you know, Gabe has been an early supporter. Gabe was one of those names back in the early days of the TSR that I remember asking questions, being around, being a support to, to what was happening. And that's why, you know, getting to know him over the last little while, him being on the board is, like, to me, the perfect guy to kind of bring because, like, he's, you know, no BS. Yeah. <laughs> He won't allow me to get way off off of off of base or anything like that, and I'm gonna do my best to kind of reiterate everything from from my perspective. I was brought into a lot of this because of my relationship with Tim, so I had an opportunity to have a perspective of it that I wasn't actively doing it. I actively did not start racing this racing until it was something far from what it was when I when it all began. All right, so. Hopefully that'll give people more perspective as to why my head does things the way it does and why I say the things. Because I might still be stuck back at the beginning. Because I didn't get to do it. Lockdown did some nasty things to us Canadians, folks. It sucked. Um, but let's talk about SoFlo. Because that just literally happened yesterday. Uh, of course, I checked out a little bit of what was broadcast on Thursday of practice, a test and tune. Um, Friday I tuned in for a little bit here and there as much as I could. Um, but again, that was just testing tuning. I believe they did run around on Friday, if I'm correct. Yeah, Friday night they ran the first round. I was probably in bed sleeping, I won't lie. <laughs> or so close to it that I was kind of nodding off on the couch, so it wouldn't have mattered if I was watching it or not. Um, but I started, I tuned in Saturday. I pretty much watched the entire day other than about maybe three hours where I uh, took a nap. I don't know why yeah, a nap I've... turned into three hours for me for some reason, but... <laughs> I tuned in there Saturday. Uh, I caught a little bit of the testing here and there just to see how the track was doing. But I tuned in Saturday to watch the whole race and caught as much of it as I could. So here's a few things that I kind of caught from the race. Um, a lot of people had some struggles. Yeah. Uh, there was some sticking on the line, which is always frustrating to see because from the video perspective, it didn't look like the line was getting very built up. You know what I mean? Like we've seen other other races where we've seen it like really drug out down down the track and it didn't seem like it was as built up as we've seen in the past now i wasn't there so i couldn't see like you know i did see people stepping on it they were allowing people to step down if there were like big webs and gobs and stuff like that I, I, mm, would it yeah that, that generally only happened after somebody had gotten stuck and yeah pulled their yeah. car out of it and left a bunch of stuff there yeah so um it's hard. Uh, you know, I was mentioning this morning on my little, like, good morning coffee thing that, like, how can we fix this whole sticking thing? You know, like, is there a, is there a solution? Is there a way? Like, you know, people are, I've seen some people have the feedback of, uh, get it back to what it used to be. And it, well, what was, what was it then? What did it used to be to you? Well, like, what, like, what, what do you mean by that? Because there was a time when, Basically, the only way, the only amount of prep you were allowed to have was, was 
that it didn't transfer or the Lexan didn't stick to the top. You know what I mean? And then because it was so hard to figure out or to, to police what people were doing to their tires, it was like, okay, well, let's just open the floodgates, which I think was a huge mistake. Because to me, I much would have rather been like, well, what the hell are they doing to make their tire not leave any marks and not stick to the Lexan, but do that? Because I think that would be a better de issue to deal with than these meltdowns on the on the on the line. Now the better question is, do you think that that style of prep supports these one six, one five, one fours? To a certain point, I think the prep helps the cars go as fast as they're going. I mean, they're putting down three times the amount of power we were back in the day. You know, right, it's insane. So I think I, the like, four poles have what is is what's pushing. The need for all the prep because the four poles have so much torque and so much power but i i run bug guts and that stuff doesn't leave a residue on the ground and if it does you can wash it off with water so i i look at it like this if your prep needs to groove work is it really that good I mean, that would be the ideal thing is, is like, have something that you put on your tire that's really not going to affect the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's what it started as. And then as we progressed, and then the shortages with the COVID and all that yeah. changed some things about the chemicals. So now they're rosin-based preps because we can't get some of the chemicals that we used to be able to get. Right. And that's a lot of the problem. The rosin is what's building up. Hmm. Well, see, I know nothing about that, right? Like, I'm no chemical guy. I don't, I don't, I like, right? Like, the. <laughs> well, you got real quiet. Oh, what? You literally just faded away to nothing. I can see you talking. I don't think Discord likes your... <laughs> Discord doesn't like us today. But now. Oh, there you're all of a sudden just perfectly back. That's weird. I have to go in and collect my uh, microphone. Huh. I mean, from, from where we're at right now, there's a fix to the sticking problem, but we got to figure out what it is and i think uh some some guys like tommy burgess he's on to something with the uh rolling the the groove out to keep it from building up yeah and i think that's, that's I, a viable option i would prefer to see something where it gets to the point where we're looking to try and not have any transfer to the ground because then that keeps the the the, the reality of the surface not being prepped yeah, in that sense, though, we were basically forcing the prep companies to change what they're doing. Well, but at the same time, they wouldn't have a company if the floodgates weren't open to begin with. This is true. Like, right, like, I'm not trying to rob people. Like, I'm not trying to take yeah, somebody's, yeah. you know, extra income away from them by any stretch of the imagination by this. And I understand that some of these suggestions and potential... Um, solutions are not supportive of these companies being you know big money turners any longer or having to really yeah. redesign how they how they do business and i understand that and and 
my apologies to you, but at the same time, you're welcome. <laughs> like, it's not an ignorance thing, right? The NPRC, when they yeah. said the floodgates are wide open, now allowed all these prep companies to make this, the, the, these preps. And that's, right, like... Yeah. So, again, I'm not saying that's a solution. Like, you know, go to back to preps this way or that way. But my argument is, is we're getting to the point where it's just, we might as well start prepping these surfaces with the sugar water. Not everybody argues all the time. Well, no place is going to let you spray VH1 or PJ1 or what. Don't sugar water. Explain to these places that you're literally taking five pounds of sugar, white sugar, and mixing it with 15 gallons of water. And then you're using a sprayer to spray it on the, on the track. Yep. Uh, I remember back when the uh, Traxxas Funny Cars came out. Me and a buddy of mine got them. And that was the only way we could get them to do anything was to put soda water down on the, on the road. Like, so like, for instance, when I was starting to the whole, you know, spec car build, um, I built like a, a prepped track built car and I was trying to run it on a non prep surface. I was still using the same like prepping of the tire technique because that car wouldn't move otherwise if you didn't. And I can tell you, I go back to that spot that I tested on, and for a few years, those marks were still there from when I was testing without anything on the ground. Then when I went back and sprayed the area with sugar water and put that same car down with that same prep on the tires, when all the sugar water washed away, the, the prep crap washed away with it. It didn't leave any permanent marking on the, on the, the surface whatsoever. And... That car did what it was supposed to do weird when it was on a prepped track. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that was the whole reason why, uh, you know, and I'm going to get into it before we really get into it, is, is where the whole NPRC thing came from. Tim went and took a class that the RCDRL had, which was Street Eliminator, borrowed a bunch of the rules from it to make the NPRC rules for no prep. Because him and a bunch of other guys locally in California were taking their prep cars out to non-prep tracks and still sending them full throttle down you know there's guys there like there, that were there like tony trickle john schultz jonathan schultz uh bob warham uh there's guys that i'm forgetting that were there tyler was there you know what i mean todd was there i was there on on facebook messenger that's why i got involved in all this because i was on the tsr speed shop podcast you know what i mean so for anybody wondering why this Canadian is so involved and who the fuck am I, that's why these guys who started this allowed me to be involved in it. So that's that's why I have a voice. I've never quit on it. I've always stuck with it. And I'm still sticking with it right now. And I want to make it better than, than anybody ever ima imagined. You know, that's I got this weird thing about me that I, I like to th see things that I'm involved in succeed. Um... So that, that's where the rule set originally started from. <laughs> they were partially borrowed from here, some created here, you know, and, and I'm going to get into his post, this most recent post about it being trademarked. We know, Gabe and I know, because as a, as a committee, we've been doing research on how to make this, this better than it's ever been. <laughs> we know where the trademark actually exists for NPRC. <laughs> it's don't belong to him. So that's what really set me off. I cannot handle lying and lying to the public and making those those believers because he has believers in him that will believe anything that comes out of his mouth. 
I can't stand by and allow people to believe a liar. Like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm way too honest of a person. And that's partly why I kind of got duped into this. That I, do I regret it? No, because it, it grew me in, in the hobby, and I got to meet so many great people because of it. Am I disappointed in myself not really seeing through it? Partly. But I also went down memory lane today as I, as I wrote out a, a small script for what we're going to get into here in a little bit. And, and there were genuine times in there still. And I still am sitting here scratching my head saying, how the f*** did this happen? Where, where did this all go so drastically wrong? But then at the same time going down that memory lane, he was doing it to everybody around him. And literally saying, well, here goes this relationship. I'm going to have to go to war on the internet with this person. And and here, here I am, and he won't address me. Cool. I'm going to say my piece and move forward. That's going to be the reality. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to pull a him. And I'll be honest with you, if I see him at a race because he shows up, no, I'm probably not going to bury the hatchet. I'm done. I, d I have no interest in rekindling. I know a lot of people would love to see that. No. No. I'm done. That bridge is gone. There's no chance to rebuild it. Because uh, I started walking the other way. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, SoFlo. <laughs> <coughs> um, I, I got to witness a, a good friend of mine, Ryan Clay, go all the way, which I was super excited for. You know, there were other, you know, obviously great racers at the race. I'm not discounting them by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but so happy to see Ryan win it, take home the win for not only himself, but Team Five Star. The effort that he puts in and that team puts in uh, is incredible. I've seen them at many national events. Uh, they are amazing to watch work. Uh, you know, I'm really good friends with Tony and Jordan. Uh, those are my two of my favorite dudes. Of course, I love Ryan to death. You know, him and I always have a good opportunity to chat when we see each other. Uh, one of our first experiences kind of was at uh, Straight Line. Where uh, I remember, I can't remember, I think I made, went to give him a high five or something like that. And he kind of gave me a belly pat. And like, <laughs> from from that point on, it was kind of like, okay, now I need like a Ryan Clay belly pat. <laughs> when I go to these races. Um, and then, of course, you know, getting to meet his uh, his his wife, Devin, you know, uh, that was, that, that she's awesome too. You know what I mean? Two great people. So, congratulations, Ryan. Of course, you had Jordan, Tony. Marcus, um, and, um, why am I forgetting somebody? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent forgetting because there were five of them there. There's Ryan, Tony, Jordan, Marcus. And why am I brain farting? I feel so terrible. I'm going to have to find that. Hold on. Hold on. I can fix this problem. And Frank. Yeah, and Frank. And Frank yeah. Greer. I'm all <laughs> and Frank. How do I forget Frank? Like, ay, caramba. I'm sorry, Frank. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching for quite a while. And uh, Ryan, he's put quite the amount of work in to get where he is now. And he definitely deserved that win yesterday for sure. Yeah, like I was saying, I, I've been watching, you know, all year, and Ryan and the whole five-star team, they've been putting in a lot of work, and they definitely deserve that win yesterday for sure. Yeah, it, w it was great to see five-star come out on top. You know, 2024 is kicking off to be looking like it's going to be great for, for them, and of course, 
with Dave being the new owner, that's an amazing, amazing situation to have, right? Where your team goes out uh, under new ownership and cracks out a win for first race out, you know. And then there was, yeah. I can't remember. Somebody said was teasing Jordan about being the the the, the face of five star, and it's just. It's just, it's just too funny. Every time I hear that, all I can think of is, is when I've, I've seen Jordan with a cigarette in his mouth and he turns and he looks at me, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Uh, I love that guy. No, but so super, super happy for that. You know, thanks to the webs for, for streaming it. Uh, you know, congratulations to Kyle and his team for putting on a, a good race. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe next year I'll find my way down to that. Who doubt it? Because I want to go to the Chili Bowl so dang bad. Uh. <laughs> and then I got Scott Glasscock just up my freaking butt about going to the RCDRL Super Nationals in October next year. Which one? Uh, I think they do Texas and Florida. I think Texas is. Yeah, it was Texas. Yeah. So I, I want to make that happen. I think I'll bring my outlaw car and I'll build a pro mod. Those are the two next year for sure. I'll be at the RC Chili Bowl and I'm going to the RC DRL race because I want to race again with Scott. Like, that's my dude. That is my dude when it comes to drag racing. Like, don't get me wrong. I love drag racing with, like, Yeti and, and like, Joe and Brad and, and Chad and, and, you know, all those guys. I love doing that. But... For some reason, like, Scott and I are these, like, two, like, weird, like, rekindled spirits when we're together, just having a bunch of fun, like, drag racing, and, and like, you know, Scott's got so much, like, outside, like, real-world drag racing experience that, like, some of the stories he has, it's always super entertaining. Like, I'm telling you, the, the, I love the guy. Such a great, such a great time when I went down to Tennessee. I don't regret that race at all. I, I love the fact that I smashed up that car. Because that means I got to hang out with Scott. <clears throat> what did suck was staying up till 6.30 in the morning while everybody was back in their Airbnbs for the most part, sleeping, other than the few of us turds that were at the track still trying to find a winner. <laughs> what a... <laughs> <laughs> if I would have known, if I would have known, I'll tell you if I would have known. Okay, so without further ado, how far into this wonderful episode are we? Where am I with my recording stuff? Wow. Okay, so what we'll do is is we'll have a quick little break, so that way everybody can uh, go get a. Well, I guess the people listening can probably go get a drink or go to the bathroom whenever they want because they can take us with us. Um, but uh, we're gonna take a little break so we can get refreshments, use a restroom, and then we're gonna get into uh, part one of the rekindling of history because I've already decided this is gonna be a two-part episode uh, because there's no way I'm gonna get all the way through it. Um, and I am definitely not going to tie Gabe up for like four hours on a, a Sunday. Uh, it's I not that I don't want to hang out with Gabe all day. <laughs> Honestly, I would. Um, but I want to, there is a green screen behind me right now for a reason. And the disaster that exists behind it needs to be uh, rectified and cleaned up because I want to start bringing all of you guys more content, video content uh, from the workbench as we build dirt oval cars. Uh, because that's, that's, that's happening. Um, if I have to practice on an asphalt flat oval, I will. I know it's not the same, but just shush. Practice is practice. That's all that matters is turning left, straight, turning left, straight, turning left, straight. Figure that part out. The rest of it, pff, worry about it later. Um, sometimes you got to turn right to turn left. Yeah, apparently. I, I, <laughs> I, I, 
we'll figure that part out when we when we when we breach that. I think for right now, I'm gonna have to more worry about left to turn left because the asphalt doesn't wanna. Anyway, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out when we get there. That's going to be the adventure. But yeah, there's a disaster behind my green screen for those of you guys checking this out on YouTube, which thank you for watching the episode um, and, uh, you know, checking it out this way. Uh, of course, it'll always be available on Podbean, um, which anybody out there interested in sponsoring uh, a year, that's how I used to do it. I pay monthly right now, which is a little more expensive. But anybody interested in sponsoring an entire year, being like the title sponsor for the podcast, reach out. We can have a quick conversation about what that'll cost you. Um, won't be much, be honest. Not looking to make money here. I'm looking to just pay the bills so that way I can do this free. Can't kind of see what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gonna take a break. We'll come back. There's there's lots to come. I wrote like a mini book, and I'm hoping that it doesn't take too too long to get through. But we'll we'll get as far as we can. Um, in the meantime, I don't really have to do anything other than just stop talking. What's up, everybody? Yep, I'm still using the headset for these sets of commercials. I promise, I'll go back, I'll redo them, I'll make them more entertaining for you. I swear, I really, really will. But I want to say, first and foremost, appreciate you for listening, and I want to say you need to check out cowrc.com. All of your RC maintenance needs will be met at that website, I promise you. There are now smaller ultrasonic parts washers available. I'm telling you, go to cowrc.com right now and go check it out. Lubricants are amazing as usual. There's a new formula on them. There's actually some YouTube videos up, uh, some live where they talk about the products, explain everything, so make sure you check those out as well. And again, huge thank you to Heath at CowRC.com for all the support over the years. Make sure you go check them out, CowRC.com. What's up, guys? Before we get back to this episode, I just want to tell you real quick about MKS Servos and encourage you guys to check out the website mksservosusa.com and you can look up one of the following servos the HBL 550LX it's shorty, it is great I use it in my 10th scale off-road vehicles I use it in my drag cars um, it's accuracy is amazing you know, return to center, that's super important and it's probably going to be in most of my uh, dirt oval builds coming up so again, huge thank you to Thomas over at MKS Servos for all the support over the years so let's get back to the show okay, alright all right, look at that. We're back. What was a few minutes for us was seconds for you. Uh, big shout out though to Heath from CowRC and of course Thomas at MKS Servos. Um, those two guys uh, have believed in me for a very, very, very long time, uh, and I appreciate them very much in this journey that I've been on in RC. So shout out to those guys. Those who would have been the two little spots you would have heard from um hopefully you like them i just kind of slapped them together really quickly uh and we'll see maybe i'll i'll develop them a little bit more we'll see how that goes but uh for many of you guys that are just kind of tuning in for your first time experience kind of figuring out what the mbm podcast you might have listened to some other episodes what i encourage you to do is go back and listen to some of the interviews uh, that we did very early on the ones with like ty tasman mark pavitas uh, folks like that, uh, those are, in my opinion, pretty good. Um, some of them aren't at all. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, some of them are actually very, very terrible. Uh, Randy Pike was always a great um, guest to have on when he was team manager at Tekin. Shout out to Randy. He understood the value of what I was trying to do very, very early on. Um, 
you know what I mean? And nowadays, as Gabe knows, that's really big part of it is your social media presence and what you're doing to kind of give back to the RC hobby community um, can be a very big proponent as to why you might be a sponsored driver, not necessarily how you perform on the racetrack. Um, so I'm, I'm an example of one of those guys. I don't, I definitely don't have the results to be sponsored. Um, but yeah, it's, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, it's the genuine connections that I make with people. And I also don't, I'm not willing to just kind of be like any offer given to me to take, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I very early on said that, you know, there are episodes I'm sure where it has me saying it. The only chassis manufacturer I'd ever take a sponsorship would be associated. I'm lucky enough to be a brand ambassador for team associated now and literally get support to play with my RC cars. Like, dream come true? Yeah, check. Bucket list? Check. You know, so super. John Schultz, I love you forever, my friend. Forever. Forever. He has been another huge supporter. So shout out to those guys. Of course, again, Heath Heath and Thomas. uh, You guys uh, rock. Uh, Let me know some feedback, what you guys think of those spots. Uh, Gabe doesn't get to hear them because I haven't made them yet. Uh, so I'm going to get into some of my thoughts that I tried to garble into um, a sentence, uh, a story. How was that sound? I don't know. Hopefully nothing. Okay, we'll just start. We'll just start reading. We'll go from there. Um, I guess I really should have looked at it sooner. Because I really started. But anyway, here we go. For anyone who is new to the show and is wondering, my RC journey started over a decade ago. Um, It was at the end of a dented street that was uh, one of the bumpiest pothole-ridden roads ever. And I mean it. If you think of a road that you have really no business driving an RC car on, this is is that road. Eight scale is okay. Anything below eight scale, no bueno. This is going to make sense in a minute. There I was with a wide open field right there, like literally right there. We had road and a big wide open field, and then there was a like tennis court, and then a park even further over. Like I had all the room in the world. What did I have? I had a 10 scale nitro buggy. That did not like grass that was in that big field. Uh, the 8 scale truggy that my buddy had didn't mind it at all. Zoomed right over top of it. Uh, you know, that that quickly started a passion for the hobby you know being uh i didn't mind tinkering with the nitro engines i didn't mind you know at the time because of the way we were getting our nitro fuel it wasn't ridiculously expensive um but it's still like expensive as hell uh and i still love the sound of a nitro engine i will never never say i don't um but dang i can't i who that's expensive fuel Um, but Mike and I learned a lot. We went from being like completely noobs to RC to very knowledgeable intermediate drivers very quickly. Uh, me more than Mike so much because I was always the one to tinker. Uh, we'd break something, I'd tear it apart and fix it. Just of my nature, I love doing that. Uh, I ended up getting rid of the 10 scale uh, buggy. No, I keep. I kept it. I lie. I lie. I lie. I kept it. I subjected myself to another nitro, uh, ten scale monster truck, 
Because in my head, well, 10 scale monster truck will be better. For some reason, I didn't want to commit to the 8 scale life that I should have uh, with Nitro. I'm pretty sure there's a dog growling at the other dog. Yeah, yeah, sorry folks. I had to be sure that's what I was actually hearing was the dog like kind of mumbling growl. Anyway, I have huskies, folks. That's an update I didn't tell you guys about before I got into this thing. I we I have two huskies now. I went from having no dogs to two of them. Um that's an interesting topic. We'll talk about that in another episode. And as you probably just heard, that is Are you good over there, mister? Your sister antagonizing you? You know, he's giving me the look of like, Dad, I had a perfectly good life before you guys got her. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I got a 10 scale nitro monster truck. Now, I spent a lot of time using uh, Plasti Dip to <coughs> waterproof the outsides of servos that had no business being waterproofed. I opened them up, loaded them with marine grease to keep water from getting in around the splines. Um, and I had a blast ripping that thing in the winter and I ended up selling it to a guy at the tail end of a winter and he ended up probably destroying it within minutes of getting it home. Cause the test drive had me like going like, and in my head, I'm like, don't matter, man. If he breaks it, he buys it period. You know what I'm saying? Like I shouldn't have been so, so I ended up getting rid of it and that kind of launched me into a whole field of electric uh, over nitro. I ended up getting a Traxxas. Summit, which I still actually have hanging way, way, way in the back. It has stayed in the fleet the whole time. What are these dogs doing? My Atlanta. Uh, I've kept it the whole time. It was brushed. It was huge. I don't know what they have any business calling that. I think that's they consider that a... a is it a 10 scale, I think, for them? Yeah, it's a 10 scale monster truck. <laughs> It's the furthest thing from it's anyway. <laughs> it's it's a good it's, time, you know what I mean? For it's what a it, monster truck, yeah, so it's big. It's fucking huge. Um, <laughs> listen, I had a lot of fun with it. I still to this day love it. You know, it has locking diffs from the remote. Um, you know, it it it's cool, high and low gear. You know, for being a brushed motor. I've, and I've kept it stock. I haven't, like, super went crazy uh, with mods. Like, I did a few. I put RPM arms up front. I had to do a little bit of mod on the arm because whole locking front diff junk and stuff. like. But whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I have that car. But my, my satisfaction for racing was getting there. I went out to a local outdoor track that we had and... <laughs> and... Uh, Ran ran the summit, you know what I mean, on on high speed with the diff. So I just let her rip around, and I was having a good time. I I bet you there is footage on the YouTube channel of of me doing it. Uh, very terrible footage of a camera strapped to the side of it with GoPro mounts that was probably shaking worse than. Um, <laughs> I would say something terrible about Michael J. Fox, but I love that guy to bit death, so I won't. Um, <laughs> I kind of already did. Shoot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get a short course truck because at the time, short course trucks were kind of the rage. You know what I mean? So, of yep. course, what did I do? I went, 
I went on Tower Hobbies because that's where I got the, the summit from. And I started looking. I'm like, oh, look, Team Associated SC10RS. Brushless. Mm. That'll work. Get myself one of those and, you know, proceed to uh, blow up the capacitors on it somehow. I don't even know, man. I did... It, it 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 didn't go well. That that speed control did get replaced under warranty though. Shout out to Associated for that. The motor and the speed control. They replaced the whole combo deal. Um but of course nice. I had put a Tekin a Gen two redline and that's when I kinda got into the whole to give people some date as to when my introduction into electrical uh like R C electric racing was was around the Gen two redline Tekin motor because it was red, it looked really shiny, I had to have one. That's the motor I want. Um, yeah, I actually have two of them in my uh, cabinet over there. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And then Old one. from there, um, I ended up pairing that with a Castle Speed Control. I think it was a Mama Max Pro or something like that. It was yep. uh, uh, because it was, you know, it had the sensor wired. Yep, yep. Are you two dogs being for real right now? You guys never have very many conversations that last more than like ten seconds, and for the last five minutes, you two are going back and forth. Are we serious? Is it's because Dad's talking? Is that what it is? I'll be honest with you guys. This is really the first experience that I've had podcasting with dogs. I think I've done a few when we had the the, the and maybe the puppy was a little little, and they really never came downstairs into my domain. They stay, but as of late, I've let them down here because I've made more room and and. It's either the best or worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> so anyway, so about the time I get into electric, uh, you know, into off-road racing, I get myself an SC10 RS, and I spend a whole bunch of money changing parts out. Of course, I blow up the stock servo because most of it's metal gear except for one gear. I blow that up. Um, didn't have any luck with the next one that I put in there. Spent a bunch of money on a Spectrum servo because a few of my other buddies had those and, you know, they were all Metal Gear and they worked. And But then, of course, as soon as I did that, then I was having issues with Brownout because, you know, this isn't going that to... Whole, that whole experience, you know what I mean? Like, the, some people that get into electric nowadays don't understand how good the Becks are in the speed controls that we get. You know, even in the, the ones from RTR cars nowadays, you know what I mean? I've got a bunch of them in the back behind the the curtain of of death here that you know are like wow you know what i mean i have man not managed to blow up a servo yet so in the rtr department i will say a thousand percent that rtrs have gotten a thousand times better than what they were over a decade ago when i kind of got into this whole this whole mess of of rc oh so, yeah every everything in the rc has gotten better Right. Uh, so how long, how long has it been since you had to use a Castle BEC added to your ESC to give you extra power for your servos? I think the last time I used one was intentionally on like a crawler build so I could feed yep. the, the servo more, more juice because it could afford to have it. Yeah, that's yeah. about the only thing I use mine for. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so this whole like path down this road of is you see something under those stairs that you want is what it is so what you guys can probably barely hear is is my older husky he is a six-year-old siberian named buddy 
has probably put his eyes on either a ball or one of his toys that somehow fell down the stairs at some point are now underneath the stairs. Because I'm being beckoned to come and retrieve whatever it is. And that is exactly why he is whining. And now he's attracted the attention of his sibling, which really isn't his sibling, because she's an Alaskan Malamut. Storm, which is going to be two in April. Um, her attention. So now I've got to try and go and retrieve a toy if I'm going to get any peace whatsoever from these dogs while I try and tell my tale. Um, so, I'll be right back, Gabe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, random fact that nobody really cares to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. My Siberian Husky loves the balls that are all spiky. You know, the plastic ones for, like, you know what I mean? Loves them. And he somehow managed to find one of them under the stairs. So that explains why he was absolutely losing his damn marbles over it. So, my RC journey would kind of leads me down the path to, towards a podcast... Uh, was basically the experiences I was having in off-road racing with friends. We uh, quickly started talking about it a lot locally. And by doing that, because, you know, Mike and I had been going out to the outdoor track, we got to meet some of the guys from the local club. And the, the, the local club had always struggled with having, like, a, a permanent track area. And, and when we did have a track that was, you know, nice of us to be out at Runway Park, which some folks... That might follow me on Facebook. No, I've been out there to do photography for snowmobile drag races last year. Um, they had an area that they had kind of allowed the RC club to have to set up a track. Um, but the problem was is that the club didn't have enough people going out enough. And because it was really a motocross track in the summer, a lot of the, the kids would end up either riding their little pump, you know, BMX bikes on it or even their dirt bikes on it, which, you know, was really hard on a track that's designed for 10 scale, 8 scale. You know what I mean? Not really designed for that kind of power from a dirt bike and etc. So, of course, it kind of floundered. We didn't do much with it, but a lot of those guys started getting into the indoor carpet off-road racing that was happening. Um, and, you know, that led us to racing like buggies, 
which I didn't start racing a buggy until we were actually racing here at home. And that by that I mean the club had managed to buy carpet so we could set up our own track. We got a timing system. You know, we had help from the, the same track we were going to race in in Michigan uh, with him bringing up his, you know, rental transponders. And, you know, he had a hobby shop too. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was kind of like a, a well-working machine. At, at times, I think one of the races we put on, we had like 125, 130 entries. It was insane. You know, for a small little club that literally had basically no participation to, you know, 35, 40 people showing up to race and, you know, having big, you know, sponsors get behind it. And a lot of that happened because, you know, the one day we're setting up and I'm like, man, you know, you know how cool it'd be to just have like a podcast because like me, my chum Mike um, and my other buddy Jim or Buck. So it was Moose, Buck and Mike. That's where MVM came from. <laughs> That's that. That's where my mind went. With it. And the good news is now, even though those guys don't do this anymore with me, MBM can stay around because, well, I can. Be, it could be Moose. Moose brings media, or, or Moose being Moose. I don't. It don't matter. I can figure out some kind of acronym for it. I'm not getting rid of it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had a good time. We were always talking at the end of either my driveway, the end of Jim's driveway, or, or on the phone for hours talking about all the stuff we were doing. We were racing pretty regularly, um, so we basically said, well, after every race weekend or whatever, we'll get together on a Sunday and we'll we'll talk about it because, you know, it's hot in our minds and we had a really good time, and that led us to thinking, like, hey, man, I wonder if, like, we could interview people. So literally the second episode is an interview with the world champion at the time, Ty Tessman. Pretty, pretty incredible, you know, him being a fellow Canadian, he kind of got on board right away and, and, and came on, and that was great, and then we were very fortunate to have a lot of other great guests as well, and over over time, it was really catching traction, like, I was kind of shocked, like, the average, within two, three days of a, of a, an episode being up, we were getting, like, four to five hundred listens, and that, that, that's significant for a bunch of you know canadians who just you know play with our 10 scale off-road or you know and interview some some don't get me wrong you know mark pavitas ty tessman these aren't like just nobodies in rc these are significant people but for a couple of relative nobodies you know and i, and I this is one of the those stories where i think not many people can re relate but some people might be able to especially maybe more nowadays because of social media you know the presence of people is different but we were at one of the spring fling races and a bunch of guys from Wisconsin that had listened to the podcast. And a lot of us had picked up buying uh, foam tires from Rick Seffrude from Gone Banana Racing Skins. And we were all running them on our cars because you get tons more life out of them than the rubber tires, which, you know, not knocking rubber tires, but when you're spending... Why? When you're spending money... <laughs> and you're not trying to spend a crazy amount. Like so, on some race weekends, you easily could go through potentially two sets of tires that would be in their prime. You know what I mean? Of rubber tires, where the foam tires, we could race like a couple months on them. You know what I mean? We didn't have to replace them after. And they they would just get better as they got smaller, of course, right? Like, you know, shrinking diameter. So anyway, a lot of us were running foam tires. Uh, so Rick and, and a bunch of guys from Marca, the club that they had in the area, uh, come up. Now, these guys are legit racers. I was very unaware of how, how talented they really are. Um, but he brought Eric Jensen with him. Um, 
trying to remember who else. There was a couple other guys. I think Tim, Tim was one of the guys. And they had found on short course trucks, actually, that um, the stock Traxxas tires on the Ozai carpet was actually really good. Like, they were using those. Like, the the stock, it was crazy. But they they did work instead of running foams. Um, I, I never ran, I tried short course truck a couple times. It was not me. It's not a, no, 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 just all, all bad. All bad. Yeah, the fact that I raced it as my one class and then I built a 4x4. Four 4x4 four. Four four short course truck's a little different. I did okay with that. I think it's because of the four-wheel drive I did way better. <laughs> That's another another tale for another time. Um, but I remember when they showed up and we had found out that Eric had worked with like Live RC and like he had written some articles with them and stuff like that. So like I'm sitting over there and I'm going to Jim. I'm like, Jim, Mike, like, dude. That guy works for Live RC because we had, you know, we used Live RC for a lot of like news updates and new products and stuff like that. And little did I know until we were interviewing Eric, you know, months later, that he was literally over there saying that to Rick, hey, those are the guys from the NBN podcast. Like, we, you know, we were both like kind of fanboying over each other without realizing we were. <laughs> and it was just like, I said to him, I said, I'm like, really? You were saying that about us? He goes, yeah, genuinely. I'm like, man, that's fucking, that's so weird, but kind of cool. You know what I mean? And and I think at that point, I'd realized that we were doing something different and it was really catching on and we were having a really good time with it. Um, and then that's when we get to this day where, uh, what can I say? I, well, what I could say is the MBM podcast really started because of the Radio Impound podcast kind of left that part out should be referring to my my speech a little bit more um but i like free falling i'm not gonna say free but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> um but the radio impound podcast really did inspire me to start the mbm podcast and it wasn't like a vindictive thing you know I, after hearing it for as long as i have now and and enjoying it for what it is you know i understand that's what they're that's how they do it that's what their thing is at the time, I didn't understand that concept, right? For me, um, you know, not shocking to everybody, I've taken video production since, you know, I'm really looking into, like, audio engineering as being, like, a, an end-all, be-all, <clears throat> potentially looking even to try and get my PhD in it, just so I can be, like, you know, a doctor of audio engine. That'd be kind of really cool. Uh, I doubt it, but hey, dream big. What can I say? Um <laughs> I just felt like I could give a, a better sounding product, not necessarily better product. You know what I mean? Because obviously the, you got Jason Rona on the radio impound podcast. The guy runs J concepts. The guy has a huge history in, in RC. You're not getting better than You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. You just, you, you gotta, you gotta be a big swinging D podcast to begin with, to be better than them. In my opinion, you know, and not knocking Gotti by any stretch of the imagination because there's not too many times you'll hear somebody talk about Jason Rona where you won't hear Gotti mentioned very shortly thereafter. So, it is what it is. You know, the, and shout out to those guys. To be honest with you, they they gave me a nod a couple months ago when they were on one of their lives and I had just popped in to check it out. And, you know, the fact that Jason Rona is aware of me doing a podcast is pretty cool. And he wasn't aware of me for doing another podcast. He was aware of me for mine. So, that, that, that's really cool. And I'm not trying to take away from what I'm really about to get into. Um, the one morning, or I shouldn't say the morning, it was an afternoon. I uh, 
I'm going to pick up my children from school. I'm sitting there, and I had noticed that I had some messages and stuff like that, because I had stopped trying to check them while I was at work and stuff like that. And I get in, I'm looking, and I get this message. It's from Tim Smith. He says, hey, my name's Tim Smith. Anytime you want to talk about RC, I'm willing to talk. And I'm sure it was a little more wordy than that because it wasn't just that short. But, you know, I'd, it didn't click in my head. I didn't, like, click on his profile or, like, you know, kind of try and filter him out. But as soon as he sent me a couple of links and I started watching these YouTube videos real quick, then it, then I, it clicked in my head. I started remembering seeing this guy's face and thinking this is that John Travolta looking dude. Now I'll still stick to that to this day. There's a Max Amps ad where Tim has like he was uh, apparently he he tells the he told the story as to what he was I don't remember what it is now as to why he posed that way it was in honor of somebody else or something like that or trying to replicate somebody else's thing. But to me when you look at it at a quick glance it kind of looked like John Travolta half hiding behind an RC car. <laughs> So I realized, I'm like, well, okay, this guy's been in magazines. That's where I recognize him from. I recognize this from a magazine. I know I do, right? So, of course, I go home and grab my RC drivers because I had a subscription at the time, start ripping through them, and sure enough, there's the ad. Oh, this guy's messaging me. This is kind of cool. So him and I kind of hit it off. You know what I mean? Like, for anybody that's had interactions with him, he's not a, you know, terrible person. You know what I'm saying? Like, at first, in my opinion, you know, he can he can be friendly. So him and I kind of go back and forth. The one night he's trying to do a live stream because at the time live streaming was still fairly new. Facebook Live was not a thing back then. You were doing it on like YouTube or you were doing it like on um, Google Hangouts because you could do a Google Hangout where you could have people come in and hang out with you while you were streaming and talk to them. He couldn't get it to work. Him and I hop on a Skype call. And the next thing I know, it's... One, two o'clock in the morning. And it's like, okay, Tim, I got, I, got, I got to go to bed. It was the weekend. You know, it wasn't the big deal or anything like that. But I'm like, I got to go to bed, you know, kind of deal. Tomorrow's another day and we'll catch up. Um, and throughout that, him and I kind of were talking back and forth. He wanted to have, uh, he wanted to start his own podcast. He wanted to have help for a couple episodes. And then he'd kind of take it from there. And he wasn't really planning on making it a really long thing at first. He was kind of looking like, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. And kind of tell a few stories and blah, 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 and check out. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But within two episodes, it was like, okay, when can we record again? Because uh, we were clicking. We were we were really, really, uh, we were making things happen. I won't lie. Um, Tim obviously had his own following to begin with. You know, he had been sponsored by Ma Max Amps for years. He is the reason why I ran Max Amps for as long as I did. He is the reason why I'm involved with MKS. Uh, you know what I mean? He is the reason why I know John Schultz. And, and ultimately, he... And I always gave him credit for that. And he always tried to kind of be like, No, Matt, you've done it on your own. You've done it on your own. And I never really took a lot of gravity into that. I've never really acknowledged it as much as I maybe should have. You know, I always felt like I made such so, so many steps forward by being attached to, to Tim and not realizing what I really gave to it you know what i mean or, or or contributed to it like it didn't really dawn on me until i kind of did this like down memory road thing so i don't have any like ill will towards the guy at all do i have any respect left for him absolutely not uh but i don't regret the journey that i went on for you know the better part of seven eight years with him i don't it it, it got me to where i'm at now i know so many people because of that so 
This isn't like a complete like rag fest on Tim. This is trying to tell you guys the truth of the story from my perspective, from my my side of things. So over the years, uh, as him and I recorded, one of, one of the things that always was hard on me was a lot of times he wouldn't, with his old job, he wouldn't get home until 6 p.m. his time. He was in California. That's 9 o'clock my time. The job I had started at 5 o'clock in the morning. Some of you guys can uh, basically start doing some basic math and look at some of the, like you can't anymore, but look at the length of some of those episodes. You know, two and a half, three and a half, four hours. That's pushing me into one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And I've got to get up a few hours later. Um, so that's why if you listen to some episodes come, you know, the last hour and a half, you don't hear much from Matt. I'm usually probably eyes closed, probably trying to nap. Um... I won't lie, <laughs> you know, um, again, I had a good time with it. I learned a lot. Uh, it rekindled uh, a love for, for drag racing. I didn't really understand that was deep down. You know, I remember now back when I was a younger kid, uh, watching the shade tree mechanic and I believe it was on like, I want to say it was on, maybe it wasn't on CMT. I can't remember the name of the damn channel, but there was a channel that all like Dukes of Hazard was on. In the weekends, there was, like, NHRA drag racing that I could watch. You know what I mean? Sunday mornings, I'm, I wasn't a churchgoer. I won't lie. Uh, Sunday mornings, if my grandparents didn't drag me to church, I was up watching the Shade Tree Mechanic guys work on a car. You know, I was watching Stacy David uh, uh, work on, you know, Copperhead back when it was, like, the, the when he was building it. That was the things I was doing when I was younger. And I didn't understand at the time what that would lead to you know what i mean being friends with tim tim was a drag racer you know yeah he had done crawling he you know he's a speed run guy too which really tim will be a thousand percent honest with you at your last post go back to speed running you have something still left to do there that's all i'm saying appreciate everything you've done up to this point if you do happen to listen to this and hear this this doesn't come from an ill place but let it go threatening legal action over top of something because you want to try and make a buck from it. And that's my opinion. And I'm entitled to it. But my opinion is you want to make money from it. When you're trying to involve TV networks and you're the guy talking the deal, don't think you're not trying to make... That's not what we're after as a committee for this racing. We aren't looking to make money or take money from it. If anything, we want to put as much money into it as possible to make it last as long as possible. To, to make everything that's been done to this point worth everything. So... I take it very offensively when you threaten legal action to something you don't own to begin with and you lie to the general public. That's my opinion. You lied to everybody. This isn't the first time you tried to do it. You tried to do it on Tommy Burgess's post and I decided to correct you and you disappeared and didn't say anything and now you reappear doing this again after sending a couple of messages to Greg Bridgewater basically saying, hey, you guys really should turn this over to me. Bro. <laughs> Bro. What happened to you, Tim? It's not the Tim Smith that was driver of the year. Or almost driver of the year. I won't lie, he got robbed of that. They didn't want to give him that that year. He had the votes. We know he had the votes. I've never let that out anywhere. The reality is it's so far gone now, nobody's going to really know. But that's the reality. 100%, I've seen the same messages he did. I also know the kind of money this man has made from some of the money he's made from the hobby, folks. 
don't don't get it wrong. He was doing a podcast. But during that whole time of the podcast, did I get some stuff? I won't lie, absolutely. Matt Olson from MIP, thank you very much. He sent me some drive axles, some stuff for my SCX-10 back in the day, some drivers. I really do appreciate that, 100%. There's not going to be a really long list of things that I got from doing that podcast. Because I didn't get a lot. I gave a lot. And it was worth my time and investment, in my opinion. Because, again, I have so many people that are great friends and followers. So for that, you know what I mean? I, I take I take that away from, from from that adventure. Did I get to do great interviews with some people? Yeah, are you kidding me? I got to interview fucking Big Chief, bro. Okay, yes, yeah. I was fanboying. Yes, I was being that guy during... But I got to have a fucking interview with Justin Shearer. That guy added me to Facebook. Because at the time, you couldn't send friend requests to him. He had to add you. Okay. That's yeah, like that, that, was, that right, was an epic podcast for right? sure. Like, so like I'm fucking beside, pardon my French folks, but I'm fucking beside myself for that. I got right. So it's like, I want people to understand. I'm not over here saying, you know, oh, this guy, fuck that. like, I'm not trying to give you that pr impression here. I'm just sick of the bullshit kind of thing. So I'm just, you know, trying to say, uh, say it as it is. You know, some people don't like me because the reality is I'm going to give you the answer you don't want more likely because that's the truth. And I'm okay with that. You can hate me for being truthful, but you're never going to hate me fucking lying to you. And I'm good with that. But so I got to do some, I've gotten to do some really cool shit because of the TSR Speed Shop RC podcast. I won't lie. Which by the way does not exist on Podbean anymore. He's he's stopped paying for it or like to me I would have archived it and taken a couple of like the highlight shows that had the best listens and cuz you have limited space on a free account. Uh, and done that or something like that or tried to monetize it because there are ways to monetize with Podbean where they would basically just pay you to basically post it. And I'm sure his pulled enough numbers to do that. Um, I'm sure. I think there was a mention though as to why he probably did that. Didn't you say that? I think I said that already. I forget. I'm sorry, folks. Not intentionally, but... Um, but that that's going to bring us into this part that kind of gets a little uncomfortable. So I went through some life stuff. You know, we don't really have to dive back into it, but, you know, it was family-related. Um, there was a lot of work that had to be done, and I couldn't really put the effort into podcasting any longer, uh, let alone my hobby. Uh, and that's when Colin Branch stepped in and, and you know, was a faithful co-host and uh, to Tim. And I love Colin to this day. You know, he, uh, he definitely stepped in and... Uh, I've had some amazing adventures with Colin uh, that I will forever cherish, and I'm hoping to go on more with him when we do some dirt oval racing together or whatever kind of racing, because uh, Colin is like the dude. I love that guy to death. Um, shout out to you, Colin Branch, if you listen to this. But Colin and I were down at King of the Smokies 2 down in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and him and I were, uh, thanks to Colin again for actually getting the little trophy that we ended up giving to the uh, champion of the MPRC uh, point series that year. Um, him and I were the only two there. As many of you guys know, that race went into like 6.30 in the morning before we got done. It was cold as hell. Joey Davis pulled out a huge win. Came out as the champion that year. We grabbed a couple of photos. 
Um, I don't know what the whole perception was. I think maybe everybody was really tired, but, you know, he was celebrating with his team and that. We were trying to get, you know, quick photos. It wasn't, you know, super easy. A lot of people were tired, ready to get the fuck out of there and, and go home. Um, and, you know, I proceeded to do that, you know, got a couple photos, got the F of the Dodge. Colin did the same. Um, I spent most of the day recovering. I got back to the Airbnb at, like, seven o'clock in the morning and we were packed up and leaving at nine thirty. So give you guys an idea how much sleep I got between <laughs> getting there and leaving air there. I slept a little bit while we drove towards where we had food. Thank God for food. Cause I was feeling like a bag of, you know, what's, um, that saved me. But in that time, uh, we also got back to, you know, Scott's house, which, you know, thanks to Scott, and his wife uh, for somewhere to uh, sleep for two nights when we weren't at the track. Because we did, like, a VRBO with Scott and, like, his mom and dad are two awesome people. So, like, they, they shared the big room that had the two beds. My wife and I were in another big room with two beds. That we were in one. Our, our kiddo that came with us was in the other one. It was a good time. Like, you know what I mean? My wife wasn't at the race the whole time. She went and did stuff with, like, Scott's mom and, and you know, and, and uh, Scott's wife and had a really good time. So for that, I was like super jacked that, you know, they were able to enjoy themselves a little bit at that, that whole thing. Um, but man, like we went back to Scott's, we crashed for the night. We got up in the morning and started driving back and, and <clears throat> I'm going to read this, this, this message verbatim. Okay. And this is exactly screenshotted from the NPRC committee Facebook uh, group. Of course, we've started a new one as I felt like a fresh new start um, and leaving all that grossness in the past was uh, better to do. But I need you guys to understand where this, like, this is truly coming from. This isn't me trying to be a vindictive person um, or anything like that, but I'm trying to, like, you know what I mean? Like, really give you guys a, a true indicator. I'm not sure why I actually, like, uh, it's closer than I thought because we've recently went down this path and I had to have them. But the reason why I want to read this verbatim is not because I want to just be a dick. Uh, I need you guys to understand where this comes from, okay? And understand that why the decision I mean, and, and I mean, even at first I was like, man, if he just reaches out, we could bury the hatchet. But that's, that's changed because he's very much so... I, my opinion, what happened is, is when I became involved with the MPRC TV live situation, uh, traveling with Billy and uh, doing that live streaming, uh, Tim th thought I was like some kind of traitor because him and Billy didn't get along. And if you want to be that one-sided, Tim, that's perfectly fine. That's your own prerogative. I can't, uh, I can't judge you on that. But to think that I shouldn't try and do something with myself... Or my, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my, I'm supposed to stop my IRC journey because you've retired? I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand that. I'm still looking for them, I'm sorry. Anyway, Gabe, how do you feel so far? Oh, the microphone thing's doing the microphone thing. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of shitty, pardon my language, but from when I started, 
you know, back in the beginning, you know, 2017, 2018, Tim was a big part of Facebook and showing off the MPRC. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of fell in line and we all thought that was, hey, that was cool because a lot of us were into drag racing. We drag race big cars. So, you know, we had limited bodies to choose from. So we chose the coolest looking ones, look like drag cars. We went out with our buddies in the parking lot and had a good time. And as Man, things progressed. J- JD Crow was doing it back with the, like the RCDRL. He was taking the Parma bodies and actually like sectioning them to narrow them. And like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that, like, I'm not trying to discredit people here at all. You know what I mean? Like they were, you know, founding stones of how this all came to be, but they were doing it strictly on a prep track at RCDRL yeah. events. And that's where our, our, but that's why I say that's where a base of these rules came from was from their street eliminator class. Come on. And then I, yeah. I, you know, my huge, my huge respect to, to Mercadel for adopting the outlaw class into the RCDRL because he really could have said, no, we're not doing it. This is, uh, this is the class and that's where it's staying. You guys can maybe run these new, because you know, they have a very structured way of running things. So shout out because you know what I mean? He could have been like, no way, no way. We're letting that happen. No way. That's, that's a rip off of our own class. There's no way I'm putting that on the, on our, on our ticket, but they do. So my, my yeah. shout out to Mercadel for that. And that's, that's, you know, one way to grow the thing and keep it around is all these other entities that do it. If we can work together, it'll just be that much bigger. Yes. Okay. So I found the comment. Here we go. Now, this is Tim's words. If someone, am I reading it verbatim? So there are some typos. If someone is a photo of Joey and that trophy, it would be cool to see a post from the MPRC, NPRC announcing its first champion. I mean, you guys did do a ton of work keeping points and not take all the promotion out of it. Take in all of the promotion off of it. Pardon me. Uh, and then he, and this is the part that he didn't need to include. If he would have left it there, we would have a much different income or outcome. Eh, maybe a different income. Who knows? Eh, jokes. He goes, that's my nice way of saying what, what? Again, I'm reading this verbatim. So this is why I'm stuttering because it doesn't make perfect grammatical sense. That's my nice way of saying what fuck are you guys doing not posting the shit out of this champ and what he accomplished? I mean, seriously, WTF, promote the MPRC and how much winning this championship means more than any single race. Just saying, LOL. So my, my response might have had something to do with being up for 24 hours before we handed it out and not to mention travel yesterday back to Scott's place and home today. Also, Joey didn't really want to hold it for us. I'm not lying. He wanted to hold on to his car and the money and do other photos and stuff. He didn't really want this plastic trophy, which I kind of understand. You know what I mean? Like, but Colin replied with, I am working on it right now, but for some reason I can't post on the page. So, and then I, I kind of had, I'm reading this verbatim, guys. This is my, what I said. Not going to lie, a few of the races we did use as the champ points races barely acknowledged the series. Definitely going to be taking a much more active role going forward. This is me saying that because I was just kind of like, obviously I can't, you know, be not active. If, they, if this is going to help in any way, I need to do more. 
you know what I mean? Whatever it is. I don't know what I can do more to help, but I'm going to do more. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I said, also, if we uh, do it again, we need to make sure someone is at each race and we'll take a role in getting onto a live stream or going live from the page ourselves to promote it like crazy. These are things that I would, you know what I mean? Gabe can be like, wow, this sounds like a lot of the shit Matt talks about still. Uh, and I said, y'all have done an outstanding job and thank you for real. Uh, call and go to figure it out and made a post. And then this is where I, I had driven home. I was driving home while I was mulling this over. And I won't lie, I was doing this thinking on the throne when I posted this. Because it was just, that's the honest time. I finally had time to sit down. And I was at home in my peaceful place. And I had a moment. And this is what I said. So Tim, I've had a few moments to marinate on that comment. Can I ask you something? What WTH have you been doing? By the time I got back to my Airbnb, it was 6.30-something. I went directly to bed, was up at 9.30, packing up and getting ready to leave to head back to Scott Glasshawk's house. We stopped for lunch, which I'll add was great, other than I was developing a massive migraine and starting to get cramps in my legs. We arrived back at Scott's house around 5, which by then I was feeling much better, thankfully, but I was exhausted and knew we had a 13-plus hour drive home today. So beg my fucking pardon, I didn't get it posted. I said, pretty disappointed with the, with that in here, uh, Tim Smith. Uh, and you have my personal cell number. You could have called me uh, if it was that important. And then I also posted my personal information in that group saying, so everybody has it. If you need to ever text me, call me, whatever you need. There's my number. I ain't, I ain't fucking playing this game. So shortly thereafter, Tim does what Tim does best, in my opinion. He goes into damage control. And shortly thereafter this, he leaves Facebook altogether, deletes his profile, disappears out of everywhere, and, and sayonara, bro. This is October 31st. That entire comment was lighthearted, and you of all people should know that. My true point is, why would you put, so, put South effort into keeping track and setting up the races to be official points races to not promote it? My comment wasn't even directed to you, Matt. It was a general statement. But if you feel like digging into how to promote, you're looking at the person that knows 100% how this whole game is played. So I know more than anyone when an opportunity was missed. Why didn't I do it? Well, for over a year, I've been saying I was getting out and turning this over to the group. And I would advise as I could. Well, I did. And if that's how it's going to be taken, well, see you all later. And obviously don't need my input. Um, well... I could believe that if that's not what your usual MO has been to do to people. Because I've witnessed it. So I'm sorry for... Sorry, not sorry for my reaction. Because the issue is, Tim, you weren't privy to the conversations that happened outside of this group after that comment was posted. And people other than Colin and myself had, took issue with it. They just didn't have the balls to want to stir the pot and post in there and say that was out of line, Tim. Which is fine. Those That's those guys' prerogatives. It's also not my job to, to oust them and their names of who didn't support it. Wasn't everybody messaged. But there was a general consensus of that was a pretty asshole fucking comment to make. Period. Wasn't necessary. You didn't need to say it that way by any stretch of the imagination. And that is not a lighthearted way of addressing people. Period. And your reaction to me basically saying, well, what the fuck were you doing? By just saying, well, fuck you guys, if it's going to be taken that way, I'm out. 
speaks volumes to your attitude towards it. And you're right, you do know a lot about promoting. You do know how to make money from this. Remember, you sent me screenshots. I won't mention the number, but you showed me what you made, partially made from that McLean deal. Do you forget those things? Do I say I deserve a dime? Absolutely not, man. That's your deal. You made that. But if you think that you got a McLean deal because you didn't have the TSRRC Pizza podcast, you're kidding yourself. Because if you weren't doing that show, the McLean deal would have never happened. You making a million posts on Facebook would have never made that deal happen. So who made money from this hobby so far? Not me. I've gotten discounts. None of those have ever added up to me making anything. I've spent money to do this hobby, which I'm fine with. I'll spend the full boat. I don't necessarily need. I very much appreciate having the sponsorships I have. Until the day I'm done being able to do RC, which is basically the day I die, I will carry those with me as long as they will have me. But I'm done with it, dude. I can't. I can't fathom somebody like you who has the following that you do doing what you're doing right now. It blows my mind. And the fact that you have so many loyal followers that don't see through it is staggering to me. Staggering. I stopped doing the MBM podcast because I was so involved with the TSR. I actually remember reading through a conversation that I had with you saying I was basically going to shut down the MBM podcast. I was going to be done with it. Say, ah, pfft. it's been a blast, but I get my RC fix from the TSR. I'm so glad I didn't. I'm so glad I've kept paying and paying and paying and paying to keep it going. Because it's given me an opportunity to, to, and I hate taking this opportunity to come back, but I have to say my piece. You would have, if you were still at an active show and somebody was wronging you or, or being, you know, this, this, you would, you know, you would speak your piece, but you'd spit a whole lot of venom and hatred and, and then that's not who I am. Am I happy with your behavior? Absolutely not. Some of the ways you treated people, did I support? Absolutely not. If you guys ever could go back and listen to a lot of those shows, you'll hear me be very quiet when I'm not comfortable with stuff. But what was I supposed to do? Cut ties with a guy that was really helping me through my way? Maybe I should have. I won't lie. But I, I felt like I might lose other friends by doing that. It took me a long time to realize that those, those friendships that I made, I would never lose if I stopped associating or, or doing that. That's, that's partly my bad, and I'm glad, I'm glad I can sit here and be like, I've never gotten a dime. I've never taken nothing from the fans other than their, their admiration and support, which I am so grateful for. You know what I mean? Like, I can sit back and be like, dodged a bullet there. Right? Like, I, it is what it is. Some people, I've got a couple of those TSR freaking Speedos, man. I can't. Do I would love to have something with MBM on it? Yeah, sure, but I'm not. Mm -mm. No way. I'm not going to sell myself for that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bucket of worms. I don't want nothing to do with. Anyway, uh, Gabe. But that kind of get, yep. gets us gets us to kind of where where we're at. Tim is threat was threatening legal action against the current committee, which he claims to not know many of us, which is a slap in the face because so many of the committee members were fans of the TSR. You know, a few of them yeah. aren't, but Yeti was, you are, Eric, you know, you're, Greg, like, come on. Like, these, you know these people, Tim. Give me a f***ing break. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it helped shape what we're doing now, you know. 
you know, and then to say there was that lost information there. And, well, exactly. You know. Like it, it's not like he was doing a disservice. You know what I mean? Some will argue, well, that's why he got paid. Well, and the kind of number he got paid was not the kind of, I'm sorry. He did not do that big of a service to the community. <laughs> Just, it's my opinion on it. It's not, there are people that have made nothing compared to him that have done way more for RC in my opinion. This is what it is. Yeah. But that's yeah, unfortunately yeah. the way this works. You know what I mean? This whole style of, of like, you know, uh, yeah, it's the devil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, you know, the, the podcast helped get things rolling. And then once us as racers started doing it, and groups started forming and tracks started coming up in local areas and we started racing. Then it was up to the racers to keep it going and the race directors to keep it going. So yeah. And it quickly now, turned into something much larger than anybody anticipated. Now it's almost like on the level of NHRA, you know, you got live streamers out showing ang different angles, camera angles, replays They're you know, it's it's on another level from where it started. So, well, and in my opinion, a lot of people will be like, oh, when it gets on regular TV, that's made it. Really? Regular TV? Yeah. Do you know how often I watch regular TV? Do you know what I watch regular TV for? Hockey? <laughs> like, I watch it for, like, you know, no, not knocking what we do, not being legitimate, but yeah. I watch it for legitimate sporting events. I don't even watch it for the NHRA anymore. I usually source that on a streaming platform some way. Yep. Online. You know, so... In my opinion, when I'd it's rather watch it on a live on Facebook than watch well, it on TV. Right, but when it's garnering 110, 120 people like actively spending their day watching it on a platform that's that's free, and you know a lot of people complain about Facebook and da 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 da, but it's a free platform. YouTube is a free platform. Yes, if you're not a YouTube premium, you're gonna have to watch video. And I'm telling everybody right now, if you have the 12.99 a month or the 23 bucks a month, just get YouTube premium. Stop being a about it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sponsored by them by any stretch of the imagination. I have YouTube premium, no commercials is a fantastic thing. And then the people that you do watch get paid based on the minutes you watch. So it doesn't matter if you don't see those stupid commercials anymore. My kid, my kid, I like I got to get the family plan because I anyway, I had a deal. I was on a buddy of mine's. I'm not anymore. I picked up a single use, but like I can pay an extra 10 bucks and my whole family. But my kid was still, he had like a three minute long freaking commercial. that He couldn't skip. And I'm like, oh, hell no. If I had to watch three minutes of commercial, like, man, I'd lose my marbles. I don't have enough attention span for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah, but I, I like the I like the live feeds and the YouTube because it's more personal. Because you can get on there and you can chat with the hosts and you can chat with people that are online watching that in the you, chat too. Know? Yeah, which cool. is which is awesome in in itself, right? So, and I think we're also seeing that in a lot more of these like drag and drive events and stuff like that that we're getting to see on YouTube as yeah. well. And you know, I I have this. I'm gonna say it here again, and hopefully somebody's listening that wants me to help accomplish this. But I have this thing in my head with Real Street. Okay, Gabe, you ready for this? So, <laughs> it's like a drag and drive event. You make your pass. There's no heads up that, racing. That car right there. I see it. Yeah, I see it behind you. So there's no heads up <laughs> racing in this event whatsoever. None. It is literally you're just trying to improve on your time every time like a drag and drive. You know what I mean? Like, 
I think sick week, you have to bump in yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, most of them are basically like, you're just going for your own time. You're rear, there might be a guy in the lane beside you, but you guys are just on your own deal. Yeah. Yep. I, so I want to, I want something like that. So it's only that, but then your real street car has to have a trailer that weighs, weighs a minimum, a minimum of half of what the car weighs. So whatever your ha- your car weighs on its own, ready to go down the road, the trailer has to weigh half of that, hook up to it. Doesn't matter. You can have two wheels on it, four wheels on it. That that whole gimmick is totally up to you. You're allowed to change the tires from the ones that you ran down the track, but then you have to hook the trailer up to it. And then we set out a course, and you got to do like 10 or 15 laps on that course with the same battery you just did your pass with before you're allowed to go back to your table and do your whole thing, charge your battery, clean your tire, do, do whatever you're going to do. I would love to make them do it on the exact same tire, but I can understand how some guys wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I get that. Okay, cool. You can change out to a different tire to do, because, you know, at a drag and drive event, a lot of guys change their tires and they don't drive on the tires or racing on. So I'm cool with that. But I would yeah. love an event that's based solely around that. After every hit you make, you've got to take that car, hook that trailer up to it, and go and do your 10 laps, 15, whatever the laps are for however big the course is. And I'm not talking about like a little rinky-dink course. Like I'm talking about a course that, you know, at a with the trailer on is a good like 45 to a minute long lap. Like I, I want to see these cars go through some shit. Because that's to me, that's real street. That's a real street car. Something that you can go do your pass, go have a little bit of fun with in a parking lot, and then go charge your battery and go make a hit in the next round. I don't know how we could put that on at an event. If anybody's listening that's interested, that's kind of close-ish to me, I'm down to help you make this happen. I just wish I could. All I ask, I get to participate in it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of something like that, Gabe? That that sounds awesome. We Actually, uh, a buddy of mine and in our group here, we were chatting a while back about different stuff to do with it. And it kind of the drag week thing kind of stuck with me too, because that's cool. You know, they take race cars and drive them thousands of miles and then go five seconds with them in a quarter mile. Yeah. And that's what I like the idea of doing, right. was like that whole, now we can't obviously travel from another track to another track to another track, but that's where the laps come in. Right. Like, so for this one, Oh, it's 15 laps. Oh, for that one, it's 10. Oh, for this one, it's 30. What the fuck? Right. And maybe if it's a multi-day event, you change the track layout so it's a little different. You know what I mean? Oh, wow, we only got to do 10 laps this time. Yeah, well, uh, it's like a two-minute long fucking course this time. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, there's 30 laps. Yeah, it's only like a 30-second course this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it just, I think that would make the fun level of it go up. Uh, obviously, I would love to get sponsors involved, try and have like a nice cash payout, uh, you know, to maybe like the top eight or something like that. Because like, to me, if you go all in on this kind of event there needs to be some kind of like real you know because you know the outlaws of guys are going to show up and do what they usually do and there's going to be a good pot for that more than likely because i'd love to see that in a multi-day event you know what i mean where instead of maybe having buybacks and a and b brackets in the outlaw there's only one bracket in the outlaw because it's sharing the limelight with this real street um or you tell everybody hey this is a complete dry tire event so we're racing dry tire outlaw and we're racing real street and here's how the real street works, like a drag and drive event. Yeah, I'm good with cool. ideas. I'm good with giving ideas. I'm shitty at making them happen, folks. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Everybody's going, well, that sounds really cool. 
get me somebody who wants to make it happen with me. I'm down to do it. I would I would love to do it at somewhere like Great Lakes Dragway because they have the space for it. Yeah. That you know would what be I'm saying? Cool. Like that would be amazing and that like that's a yeah, they they already had they were participate they participated in one of the Dragon Drive events because I thought it was really interesting. I'm a YouTube watcher, you know. I watch Cletus McFarlane. Hell yeah, brother! Um, yep. Even though I'm Canadian, you know. Look, I'm wearing I'm wearing an LS George like hat right now. Okay, like, <laughs> but I know they were at Great Lakes Dragway at a time when the drag track was there, and you know anybody that watches Cletus and keeps up knows he loves RC. He's bought his boys uh, from the 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 low C dirt bikes he bought them all those this last christmas the one before that there was a bunch of traxxuses um you know these these guys he flies which some great content i absolutely love it and i know they've heard about the drag racing i think they've just kind of stuck clear of it because it's you know as we know it can be an absolute crap show but i bet you if it was just dry tire and there was none of that prep stuff we would see guys like that probably pick it up and do it because then they don't have to you know what i mean like if you look at all of the stuff they do it's pretty quick Put batteries oh, yeah. in, get up in the air and fly. Put batteries in, let these freaking dirt bikes rip all over the place. And I'm not going to lie, I never want to run RC cars with Cletus and his friends. Ever. <laughs> Ever. I've watched them little at full clip try and take each other out with eight scale fucking... That's insanity, man. Insanity. It's funny. But I want nothing to do with it. F that noise. I'm the if I ever do get an opportunity, I'm running for somewhere that's off the ground. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's that's my thought. You know what I mean? Like I'd love to do something like that. I'd love to put on an event. And now thinking more about it, I think completely all dry tire, dry tire outlaw, real street with the dragon drive like side of it. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. Yeah. They could bring uh, the, the the families out too because you know the the dad can do the drag racing and the yeah. kid he can drive it around the course. Yeah, and and and, and we can definitely look at that. Like, because really, when drag and drive events, a lot of times there's two there's two people. They usually want like they can split the driving up on on yeah. the road, and then the one guy does the. So absolutely, I love I love that game. I didn't even think about that side of it. It could be very fun. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. That is a really good way. Because, yeah, man, I love that idea. Anybody out there listening that's interested in message, I just want to be involved. You're more than welcome to, to, to you know, help make my idea happen. Nobody out there listening steal my ideas. There's been enough of that happening, too. <laughs> enough of that happening. And, and it, you know what? I'm glad I have nothing to do with it because it's not going to be cute. But anyway, shortly yeah. thereafter... Um... <laughs> Where is it here? Yeah, basically there was one more response. Um, I think. Uh, well, here, what did I what did I say here? So I read to you what basically uh, Tim said there that obviously we uh, don't need his input. I said maybe it's all the travel, Tim, but Colin and I being the only two at the race kind of makes it directed at Colin and I. Uh, lighthearted or not, um, it was one of the first things on my list when I got home. I don't know what else to say. I've never had you address us or myself like that ever in text. So I don't know, man. I truly love you, and you should know that. Uh, I said I'm going to eat and get unpacked and get some sleep, and we'll have to catch up at some point this week. 
There was another member that I won't name that said, Tim, I feel the same way as Matt. I know you haven't been around you uh, like Matt has. And yes, I was a little taken aback. But I also know words typed on a keyboard can take on a different vibe when not spoken. I was not at the race because my grand... <laughs> I won't get into too much so nobody knows. Um... Uh, the only other time was in, uh, oh, the only other time was when, uh, we decided to put the two S into the rules. You expressed your disapproval of it because the group made the change before you could comment. Uh, uh, being, <clears throat> being one of the newest members, I guess I'm just learning the dynamics of this group. And then literally right after that was said, Tim left the group, uh, that was October 31st of 2022. Literally right after King of the Streets had happened. Or not King of the Streets. <laughs> King of the Smokies 2.0. My bad. Apologize, Tyler. I mean, no, just no dis disrespect. Don't be mad at me. Don't send me. Well, send me the hate. I'll, I'll take the hate. I'll take the hate. But right, so like he left. He, he checked yeah. out. He quote unquote officially retired. Because even when he did come back after that, he wasn't posting about RC anymore. He was posting about golf and other things like that. And why do I know that? Not because I'm checking up on him. Because I have these wonderful friends that love to send me things and say, hey, have you seen this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that's literally what happened with this one. I had to go search it out because... Like I said, after I announced I was going with MPRC TV Live, which was literally much, literally a year ago, uh, this time he must have unfriended me on Facebook, and I never noticed until I was gone away. And I did take offense to that. I won't lie. I went away with my wife for her birthday, and you know the the uh, liquid courage was definitely flowing through me, and I had noticed that he had removed me, and I was hurt, genuinely hurt. Because, like, I, I broke bread with this guy, you know what I mean? I'd hung out one-on-one -on -one with him, his wife, you know, and, and him and I, and, and even Todd. And, and you know, we've we've talked so many times about the, that time together in Las Vegas that it just... kind of made history, if you think about it. Well, and I don't want to be, like, too pontificatifical about it, but, let, like, in, in in the realm of RC podcasts... Tim and I were like Mecca. You know what I mean? Like, I hate being that way. I don't know the true numbers of the show because he started, like, removing that information, which I think is part of just to inflame numbers because if they're not visual, I always make sure the numbers on my shows are visual because I don't care. But it was Mecca. You know, I get messages still about it. There are still people that, to this day... Yeah. Or even in the couple days ago, we're like, hopefully you guys can bury the hatchet. And, and and it's like, I would love to say, yeah, that can happen, guys, but it's not. It's never going to happen. There isn't a thing that man could tell me or say to me that is going to let me forgive him for it. Not at this point. He he made sure of that by by the way he acts. So I, I don't know what else to say, folks. Like, I had to get my piece out there, and I said it was going to be a two-parter, but... You know, I've flapped my gums about it enough. I don't need to come to a two-part of it. The NPRC has grown well beyond anything we could have imagined. Tyler set up the original Facebook page. He was the man who started it all. When you look at official, that's the man who would really, quote-unquote, own anything if something was owned. He was the one to put on the first big national event with King of the Streets, okay? So when you're talking about people that have established something... Tyler Frank Zavadil 
has established something, Tim. That yeah, kid. Tyler actually busted yes. their ass. They yes. busted their ass many years to bring that race on. So, you know, and I'm not taking away from everybody else that was involved with getting it off of its feet. You know what I mean? The Bob Warhams, Aaron. Like, there, there are many a people that, that kind of sifted through this whole thing. And, and some had the gusto to kind of keep up with it, and some could be not interested in all the drama. You know, there are guys that still do it that don't get involved and don't post on social media and just do it because they don't want to deal with the bullshit drama. And Gabe's got to see that way more now, right? All right. Your microphone's doing it again. You're quiet. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Well, boom. It's, it's, it's something, let me tell you. I mean, these are toy cars. There shouldn't be drama. Well, and then some people will be like, they're not toy cars. At the, listen, folks. At the end of the day, yes, they are. They're scaled down versions of full scale, but they don't have combustion engines in them. They don't... The suspension setups are similar, but different. There's a lot of differences between them. The reality is, 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 is are they cheap toys? No, they're really expensive. And I guess that's what pushes them into a hobby. These are hobby grade. Um, you know, I could, Kid Sims was saying it best here this past weekend at SoFlow. He was talking about like how these went from being short course trucks converted. You know, a lot of guys were taking a short course platform. They were putting buggy arms on the front and the rear, the buggy, you know what I mean, drive shafts and everything like that and shrinking down. And then that's what we all started kind of converting. I ended up having like three or four chassis here before I knew it. Everybody had carbon fiber cars. Yep, I can see him hanging back there. You know what I mean? Like, everybody bought carbon fiber chassis. These went from being, you know, hey, resurrect those little short course trucks that are gathering dust on the shelves to full-blown race cars. Am I mad about that? Absolutely not. Because if you if you look at where we got this whole inspiration really from was the Street Outlaws, that's what happened with these cars. These were cars that these guys did drive on the streets that slowly became these beasts that, only belong on a track, really. You know, and let's be honest, when they do race them on a road, it's a road that the production company has paid money to the city or wherever to shut down completely. You don't, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's no longer them racing on whatever road they find. It's like, okay, sure, it's not the best road every time, but is the tracks we go to at national events always the best track? No, right? So you see kind of where we're getting at, guys, here is like, We've grown just like they have grown, and they've taken steps back, as you can see in some of the more recent episodes, to more realistic cars. And the funny part is, is they're still far from realistic. Mother, you guys are still running ice intercoolers and them. God, I know you can still street drive it, and that's there for when you drag. But come on, mother. Like you get, I love it. I love it. I'm jealous because I just don't have enough money to build a cool ass full size car like that. But. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of getting close to that with the real street. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. You can look at guys like Jeff Lutz. You look at what that guy takes on a Dragon Drive event. Look at what Tom Bailey takes on a Dragon. Steve Moores. Cletus McFarlane. These guys are taking street drive, like street cars. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what we don't really want to have happen in, in real street. I know a lot of people are like, why can't we have this battery? And why can't we do this? And why, because we don't want it to be these basic outlaw cars 
under a fucking different body. That's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know. If, I don't know if you follow since we're talking about street outlaws. I don't know if you follow the no prep kings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, have you seen what Reaper's doing? No. With this new class, he he's actually uh, got permission with the company to to put on a street car class. So they're kind of following us now. In a sense. Right. They're bringing a class out for the guys that don't have million dollar rigs to go around the country with you know that's it's street driven yeah. cars and 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 i think it's pretty cool i would love to see something like that be be possible for rc drag racing but the issue is there's so many tracks that try and host national level events that having a series yeah. like that would be extremely hard to do and you know don't get me wrong it would be amazing to basically say to like you know, 16, 16 racers that are very accomplished to be like, listen, you have a coveted spot to travel. You know what I mean? Dude, exactly like yeah. NPK. Could you imagine being able to hook up with a, with a thing like NPK and somehow bring in enough money to pay these guys to be at every event, to have a mini event within, a, a, right? Like, I know it'd be a little too much, but think about the downtime they have when the track gets oiled down. Yeah. Or... Right? Like, because we know that happens. It does. Crashes. Right. So, yeah. you know, and, 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 yeah, I don't know. I know I have lofty dreams, folks. I know. Um, well, like like I was saying, you know, Reaper, he kind of took keys from what we're doing with the real street. Yeah. You know, that's their idea of real street. Kind of cool because, you know, we started following street outlaws and doing what they did with our RC cars. Now they're doing what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Kind of cool. Yep. So that's kind of where we land. You know, Gabe is on the new committee. Uh, we've been, you know, we had, uh, we already had a committee member withdraw uh, in in very quick time and fashion. Uh, which, you know, hats off. That's his choice. You know, Josh didn't really want to deal with it anymore because people still thought he had some kind of hidden agenda, even after he sold his company and everything else, and kind of, yeah. like, you know what I mean. So. Uh, I think we got a great guy in Nick taking his place. Of course, Nick is part of the the DT. What is it? DTRA. Yep, DTRA, Dry Tire Racers Association. Yeah, he's part of that group, which uh, we are happy as the MPRC uh, to be working with. Uh, there is a big, big, big announcement coming from the NPRC here very, very soon, guys. So um, pay attention. We're gonna need a lot of support when it does happen. Uh, and, and we are super excited to do it, do it. Um, it's going to put an end to a lot of drama, <laughs> promise you that. Um, and, uh, hopefully you guys, guys love it. At the end of the day, <clears throat> we know that you guys in one way or another support us, whether you like to admit it or not. Every race you go to has some way, shape or form our, our rules in it. Doesn't matter where you go. Doesn't matter if you go to a Gary Rowe race. Doesn't matter if you go to a, <clears throat> a pro outlaw dot com rate it don't matter you go to any no prep drag race that features these outlaw cars that we know them as the NPRC had a hand in the rules that are involved there period every iteration and it's just kind of funny right because like last year when we came out with the rules everybody's like well we're gonna stick with the 2022 rules come out with the 2024 rules well we're sticking with the 2023 rules you never officially adopted those m- to begin with. 
And I'm sorry, I'm calling some people out on this deal, but that's what you guys keep doing. Is this what we're doing? You just got to want to run a year behind? Come on. Like, I feel like the 2024 rules are the best set of rules that have ever been released. I know people complain about, oh, too many rules, too many rules. Listen, there are racers out there that cause us to have to make the frickin' rules more detailed because they exploit the gray areas. And guess what? Happens in the NHRA, happens in the FIA. It's this weird thing that happens in racing, no matter what it is. So, I love all you guys from the bottom of my damn heart. I do. Quit your bitching. Just quit. Just, just stop it. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I'm not telling you you have to. I'm just suggesting. Just quit your bitching, man. Like... The world would be a lot better place. We wouldn't be so grumpy and so defensive all the time. Weird how that would work, right? Man, you guys have such a negative attitude. Well, pay no attention to the posts that just attack our integrity. And I mean that in a loving yeah, way. I do good. call people I care about f***ers, so understand that. If I call you a f***er, means a problem. If I call you a mother and 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 it's in a mean tone, then, then we have a problem. But I may even call you a mother if I love you. So, anyway. What were you saying, Gabe? Sorry. I would say that uh, some of these guys, they need to spend a little less time on their keyboards and a little more time running their cars. Well, and there's that side of it, too. And then I've even been attacked by a few people because they don't realize. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent the last two years traveling to a lot of races there, motherfucker. <laughs> I did finish in the top 32 for the year that we did keep track of standings. Okay. I might have been tied like in a 15-way tie for 26th overall, but I was 26th overall. I'm still living with that. <laughs> it was Cassidy, as as Gabe knows, Cassidy took the time to kind of go through every national event that happened this year and get standings and try and put things together. And it's funny, my name's nowhere on that list because I really didn't race for. And it's like in my head, back of my head, I'm thinking like. Where the the year before last, eh? Hmm? 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 Would have been nice if you were around then. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, I was looking through the list and 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 I know I'm not on there because I lost one the the only national round that I entered. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I lost every national round that I entered except for Real Street. I think I won one or two races, and that was only because the person in the other lane <laughs> up. Before I did, and I just got out of it and was like, whoa, 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 and then did the whole, like, trying to just get it to the finish line without f***ing it in line. Or... <laughs> this is what I will say. You know, a lot of people are critical of certain things, and, you know, I know McClan uh, didn't, you know, fare great with the TSR, because it does have some growing pains when it comes to the power that the four poles need, sticky prep, that whole thing. But in a real streetcar application... I'm pretty sure I'm still running a three and a half turn motor on it with no prep on those tires and just doing like a burnout until those tires kind of want to start gripping. I was hot lapping the shit out of my car. I don't know about anybody else, but I guarantee you by the time I brought that car back, I had brought done maybe 10 or 15 hits on that thing and I didn't blow anything up at all. I was like, and I knew I was probably pushing the limits <laughs> the whole time. I was like, I'll just see if it'll go. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I have a DRK in my real street car. It actually doubles as my bracket index car as well. So I have I like the DRK because you can, you can save profiles. Yeah, so I have a profile save for my 350 index car, oh, that's a and then I have move. a real street. 
Smurmo. I can just, you know, roll on the fly, switch my tunes, and go. I, I honestly, like, so I bought a Yokomo uh, because I couldn't commit to buying an R1. For some reason, I just couldn't get on that wagon. And then finding out that basically the R1s are just rebranded Yokomos. The, the racer. Yeah. What, I, like I said, I used to run Yokomo way back. And I did buy a lot of the fans, like the the racer fans and stuff like that, that they made. Or performance, whatever the heck they, their, their brand is. So I was like, yeah, why not? Let me order one of these if they're pretty much the same. And I won't lie. I, I still haven't messed that thing up. I, I don't know how I haven't messed that thing up. But like, holy. So to the guys that blow these things up, muff. Bro, bro. Honestly, Honestly. I'm probably going to end up picking up a McLaren RS. You know what I mean? I know they're pretty stout and they can handle it. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I'm going to concentrate on dry tire. And the only reason why I'm really going to change to the RS is just to have the, to know that if I need to put prep on it and, and use it in a prep, it, it, it can handle it. It's not going to just give up the ghost on me. Um, but other than that, like I've kind of learned a little bit about the tuning, tuning for it. Um, John Schultz, if he wasn't there, I would have been hopeless. At straight line, I had no idea what I was doing with that speed control, man. But violent. Like the first <laughs> time I let go of the trigger, because of course you know I bought the new Futaba 10px. I changed out from the Gropner, which is still I have my Gropner radio. I've kept it around. Ooh! That was a nice catch. I managed to catch the <laughs> microphone. Wonder how that sounded for everybody. Oh, fix that. Oh, check check. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> All right. Poof. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, so I, I changed to the Futaba, you know, John, even though I was shown by well, like one of the Futaba reps how that whole thing like works, <laughs> John still had to bring me through the whole, showed me it all again. <laughs> we put like a bass tune in it. And I remember I went and put the car down. And I did the whole like, you know, where you, you hold the button in and pull the trigger. So there was no yep. wussing out. I was... I was to the damn board because there was there was a couple of times where basically I don't know how it, it's possible to chicken foot an RC drag car as much as it is possible to chicken foot a real drag car. Um, just ask Biggie Paul. He was there the first time I the first time I pulled the trigger on my outlaw car, and it wasn't even with it was with one of the TSR ones I think. He just looked at me. He goes. Did you really just chicken foot him? I'm like, no, I pulled it wide open. We go back, look at the log. He goes, no, you chicken footed that. <laughs> so, right, new radio. I was, so I'm there. Pull the trigger in. And I, I have no idea what this car is about to do. John's put a tune in it. I've prepped the tires like you kind of instructed me. And I'm just doing the whole, like, hopefully I've set this thing up straight. You know what I'm saying? I let go of that button and... The car made some of the weirdest noises I've ever heard before in my life. Not like terrible noises, just like you get, you know what I mean, right, Gabe? Like when a car yeah. is fixing to make a pass, it makes like these like noises that you're like something is breaking. And then of course yeah. I got out of it because it 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 started sounding like it was folding a tire. You know what I mean? Like it got out a little bit and then it started. So I just I got out of it. And I went. I remember going back and putting it down. I looked at John. I'm like. That's not, that, that, that's not normal. He goes, you're right. It should have went further. And I'm like, well, pff, okay, I get it. Yeah. All right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's usually I, I found when your car makes a different sound than you're used to hearing, that usually means it's going faster. 
and that's my problem, right? Is I've never, I'll be honest, the fastest car I've ever had was a 1.8 car. So I have yeah. no idea what my car sounds like when it, when it's about to, it's fixing to make anything sub 1.8, right? Like 1.7, one, 1.6. One, yeah, and trust I've, me, I'm I've sure the been, car I got back there is well capable of it. So I've only personally been 176. It, the worst part is, is my 1.8 is literally from like Super Chip the first year I went. I've never, right. I've never bested my PB since ever. And the only reason why I'm even aware of what my PB is is because Yeti's seen the time. Nice. If it weren't for Yeti, <laughs> I'd, I'd be none the wiser. And I'm pretty sure it's not even a 1.8. I think it's a 191. <laughs> which back then was fast that's yeah, the crazy yeah. part like i yeah. look at i look at the first year straight line which was you know what i mean the summer before super chip two o's one nines yeah you know and then when i show up show up everybody's doing low one eights one sevens how about the first cots two forties right like we have gotten <laughs> so exponentially faster you know what i mean like yeah. people have shaved off an entire yeah. second off of that yeah. From 240s to 140s. And doubled the mile an hour. Right? So, it's it's incredible to see, that's for sure. And I'm super excited for the future of it. And I'm glad Gabe and everybody else that's on the committee is part of it. I think uh, we have a lot of uh, things to come here very, very soon. I'm realizing now it's basically uh, two and a half hours after we... Uh, kind of kicked off. So that means this should be a two-hour-ish show. I could split it into two parts, but I'm not... Everybody driving home or, or getting to work or doing whatever they have to is going to have something to listen to. It'll be up probably by tonight. i got to do some commercials and, and post that. But uh, I think think that's where we should leave it at this point. I know there's still lots more to discuss. But the good news is there's going to be lots more shows because we're back into yep. this thing full time. Uh, of course, I will probably have Gabe on again to talk a little bit more. Uh, plan is to have a few more board members uh, come come by, stop by, friends of the show, stop by. We're going to look at doing another roundtable like we did before. Um, coffee this morning was great. Thanks to those that are listening now that were there this morning uh, for that. And Gabe, thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we'll have to do it again, especially after Definitely. I've gotten out and had some more testing and, and things like that. And I think... Hopefully we can get as many of the board members on after we make this next announcement as possible for that show. I think that'll be yeah. uh Definitely. Mucho awesome. But folks, make sure you do what I need you to do, which is share the episode as much as you can. Please make sure that you interact with the Facebook page, the MBM Podcast Facebook page, uh, even if it's older posts. That'll all help in the algorithm and you guys seeing the stuff again. Uh, I'd appreciate all of that, and uh, until the next time, which will be probably about two weeks from now, uh, we'll talk to you then. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I love it. That's a perfect ending. Bye, everybody.